So it's uh, two slices or one, depending on how much you want, of white Irish bread, loads and loads of butter, and then you dump the bag of cheese and onion, potato crisps in the sandwich, smush them all up and put the um, other slice of bread on top. And that is it. Don't cut it. Don't do anything else fancy to it. That's um. it. Just eat it <laughs> and enjoy it. I have heard of people using doing horrible things like putting mayonnaise and cheese and other horrible things on crisp sandwiches. And there's no, it doesn't need it. It's still butter. Butter and good Irish bread. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. yeah it's very good. It's very, very good. That's now becoming a staple at Irish weddings as well at the end of the night to be given a little gift pack with a packet of crisps and two slices of white Irish bread and your little butter. I don't know if you go to an Irish wedding you start coming across them but they're like these little gift bags that you get at the end of the night because that's what people want when they're drunk and they're or, or they're hungover. So <laughs> Give me the carbs. Yeah. Bread, potatoes, salt, oh, <laughs> butter. Yeah. Irish yeah, butter. that's salty Kerry butter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Sponsors. Um. <laughs> Biz Buzz. Biz Buzz. Hi, I'm Stacy. And I'm Mo. And this is Biz Buzz Podcast. So, what a day we have for you today. Oh, it's a big day. So, we are joined by a wonderful guest, dear listener. You are very lucky to be so hearing her excited. dulcet tones. Our guest. very <laughs> dearest friend and colleague, Aoife Hannigan. And we are so excited to have her as our second FBP BFF. <laughs> so welcome, Aoife, and thank you for uh, being here. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for having me. As I was saying to you, I feel very, very privileged to be here. And I'm really, really excited to do this and be part of it. Because I'm very, very proud of the podcast. And I've been listening from day one. So. Ah. I'm very happy about this journey. I know she's yeah. been here from the beginning. <laughs> well, we're honored that you would even take the time to listen to us. Oh, no, absolutely love it. Um, so, right. So, as we have been doing in our interviews, we really want to get to know you a little bit better and introduce you to our audience. So, we're going to do a few rapid fire questions. So, first thing that comes to mind is what we want to hear. No thinking, just boom. Yeah. Okay. And we'll start off easy and then get really difficult. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, right, so uh, what's your favorite color? Purple. How do you like your coffee? Uh, cappuccino would be my favorite, um, but I like it if I was to make it myself. Just regular black coffee with a dash of milk. Mm. No sugar. Very good. What's your horoscope sign? Pisces. Pisces? Same. Yeah, we've <laughs> talked about this before. We have two Pisces on the show. Interesting. It's a Pisces kind of show. Pisces yeah. love to be interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> we just love to talk about ourselves. Yeah. Same. Same. So tell me, what is your first programming language? Um, The first programming language definitely was C and then C sharp. That was my first ones that I did in first year in college. Don't miss them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite hobby? Um, I don't like, I love reading. Like that's definitely one. And I f- feel like it, it's a hobby, but it's also like a guilty indulgence. And I don't feel like I allow myself enough, but, but it's definitely my favorite thing to do. My favorite way to unwind. And my idea of a great holiday is just sitting on the beach and reading a very, very good book. Oh. <laughs> Are you reading anything 
good right now? Uh, no, I actually just finished a book. It was a very cheesy, corny romance novel actually called Book Lovers. But I actually would recommend it. But it was just, it was my in-between heavy books. I, I like a lot of like thrillers and mysteries and a lot of other different types of genres. So I sometimes I just like to break it up and read something easy and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually going to be a semi-great segue. So if you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? Um, I think I'd go back to Vietnam. Um, I was very privileged to take a career break very early on in my career. <laughs> um, and I went traveling for four months and one of the countries that I went to was Vietnam. And I absolutely fell in love with it from the people to the food to just the scenery. It was just absolutely amazing. And if I could talk about it all the time, I would. But yeah, I'd go back there in a heartbeat. Okay, so finally, would you rather vomit on your hero or have your hero vomit on you oh <laughs> see this is like a double-edged sword because i vomit at the sight of vomit or the smell of it so if my hero wants to vomit on me i would just in turn vomit on them so i might as well just get it out of the way and vomit on them first and then, <laughs> and then maybe they'll vomit on you <laughs> they're like that but like I I, wouldn't, I have two younger sisters and, and growing up like I'd always help my mom so if, if one of them was sick like be cleaning up and it was just always more of an ordeal because I would just vomit if I saw vomit or s- smelt it I just I just have a, obviously a weak stomach when oh, it comes no. to it so yeah no I'll, I'll take the vomiting on my hero quick question we're, we're moving into the um, Irish corner and 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 everybody, all of our listeners know how much we love Ireland, and and you were born and raised in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that um, we find very interesting is uh, the spelling of your name. Mm-hmm. And do you do you get that a lot? <laughs> I do. Funnily enough, yeah. I, it's, just, yeah. it's been a source of. I feel comedy everywhere I've gone in the world and anyone who visits me I've um another thing a lot of my family lived in Boston for a, a number of years um and so I've family still over there so I've a lot of uh, American cousins and uncles and aunties who love to slag the pronounce, pronunciation of my name. So it is, it is difficult. I won't lie. Like A-O-I-F-E. And so in America, they always pronounce it A-O-F-E. Um, and I, I've gotten like A-F-A or a um, And one time when I was working in the Netherlands, uh, I was called Oif. And that was probably, <laughs> that was probably the worst because at the time they were saying my name and I didn't realize that's what they were saying. And they were kind of trying to get my attention. They kept saying oif. And I was like, like what is what are they <laughs> what trying are they to say? <laughs> and then it dawned on me that they they were saying my name and yeah. And I stupidly as well, I was an intern at the time, told all the other interns and that about this story. Of course, that was then my name for the rest of the internship. And yep. yeah, I had to be called it. So of course. <laughs> known as oif. As oif. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you know the Irish meaning of the name? Yeah. So uh, it's it's in English. It would be Eve or Eva. Um. But the, I can't remember the exact trans, the exact strength or story behind it. But there is an Irish um myth or legend, and then Eva was the wife of. A very famous Irish legend that I can't remember the name of now, but uh, yeah, that that's kind of the uh, main. But it's a beauty, uh, and there's a lot of other lovely words to describe the name. But the English translation is Eve or Eva. So that's how I always tell people if they're wondering how to pronounce my name is say Eva, and then just replace the V with an F, and then Eva. 
that's good. Yeah. Aoife. Beautiful, beautiful Aoife. <laughs> so on that note then, I suppose, like, what's your favourite thing about Ireland? So I'm going to split this into two parts and like a very deep level and then a not so deep level uh, totally. so I'll go deep level is definitely family as like my other answers have kind of led to um I have gone traveling and I've lived in a couple of different countries now and I found I get incredibly incredibly homesick and it's not something I ever thought I would do when I was younger and I was going to college I was like I'm gonna leave I'm gonna go off I'm gonna go to America or I'm gonna go to Asia or I'm gonna do something and every time I left I would be crippled with homesickness and I was just missing my family and I just knew I needed to be close to them because if there was something going on whether it be a birthday or some family celebration I just needed to be home and I wanted to be there and so my family are definitely my favorite thing about Ireland and just being close and I think a lot of Irish families do feel that way as well Um, so yeah I just really love being there and then the people as well like I think when you meet another Irish person abroad, you'd instantly feel home as well. So it's a really nice thing. I found I would gravitate to other Irish people when I, like when I was living in the Netherlands. I'd never played camogie in my life in Ireland, but I went to the Netherlands and I joined a camogie team. Just to, <laughs> <laughs> or to, yeah, so just just to be just to be close to to people, and uh, yeah, I really really loved it. Um, and on a very not so deep level, my guilty pleasure is crisps. I love crisps mm. and nowhere in the world does crisps like Ireland do crisps. Potatoes? So, ta- I love potatoes, but it's the variation. Like you get like your meanies and your hot lips mm, and love meanies, all, yeah. all those sort of like really cheap, like school tuck shop crisps. Like they're great. And when you're away, I really miss them. So yeah. So what would be your favorite flavor of crisp? Okay. Like, st- like... I'd go with like a staple of salt and vinegar, like as in like that. But that's sort of like I also look like because I love meanies. It's obviously I love the pickles flavors. Good, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I wouldn't say I have a flavor, but I I do love tato. But it wouldn't be my I oh I'm dying for a bag of crisp. I'll I'll reach for tato. So I guess let's talk about what today's subject is going to be about, which is mentorship. mentorship. So first of all, Ifa, could you tell us who you are and what you do? Um, so yes, as you know, my name is Aoife. Um, I'm currently an engineering manager in Forest Salon Software, which is why I know the lovely Mo and Stacey. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I started in Forest March of 2021. Um, and I started as a senior front-end engineer because I had been a tech lead before and I'd done basically a split between senior engineering and people management and during the pandemic that was really really tough not going to lie and I was like I need a break from the people side of things for a while and just go back into coding and so I went into just a senior front-end role I'd heard a lot about Forrest uh, and I've been following them online for a while and really liked their mission and what they were doing and what they were all about and they're just their their values and their culture for engineering in particular so um I was very happy to get the opportunity to interview and then to get the job was obviously a huge bonus. And then a couple of months in, the opportunity came up to delve more into people management again. It was a bit sooner than I anticipated, but you kind of, when these opportunities can come up, you can't just really let them go by because you don't know when they're going to come up again. So I just took it and I became fishing engineering manager in December of 2021. And yeah, here we are. Here we are. And... Is it everything you expected it to be? Yeah, it is. Like I really, really love it. I feel very home at home in Forest. Um, I've been in other companies before where I, th- I thought that was the way, and then you go to somewhere else, and you're just like, this is this is even better. And for me, I feel Forest has been 
the best move of my career so far. I'm very happy here with the work that we're doing um, and the people that I'm working alongside. I'm very, very happy about it. And yeah, yeah every day is uh, really, well, every day is really, really fun. But most days are really, really fun. There's hard days, of course, like any job. But uh, yeah, I really, really love it. Yeah, yeah. I can say the same for, for me to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess diving into the theme, we're curious, uh, what does mentorship mean to you? Yeah, so like I think mentoring is so important and it's obviously vital at the early stages of your career. Um, Like if I was to describe mentoring, it's about giving support to someone who might be ever so slightly junior than you or even at, at a peer level or someone who just wants to learn from you and you have that knowledge that you can share with them and give them guides to get the place where they want to be or and um. It comes in many different shapes of forms and I'm sure we'll dive into them later of what, what mentoring is, but it really is just kind of advocating for a person and supporting them to reach their goals based on your knowledge and your experiences. Um, and I think everyone can have a different understanding of mentoring over an understanding of what is, because there's always the confusion between is coaching mentoring or is mentoring and coaching the same thing? Like there's lots, lots of different ways uh, it can be done, but, uh, and everyone's journey to understanding what mentoring is, because someone can start out very early on in their career and get great mentoring and kind of be like, this is the norm. Wasn't the, wasn't the same for my journey. I feel I really value mentoring now because I didn't get that early in my career. And now mm-hmm. I'm like really understand the value of it. And if you get it early on, it's so um, important in shaping someone's career and the impact that you can have like one person can have on another person's life and career yeah that's I think it's important yeah. yeah so you know you have that empathy of like not always having that and so a part of that is saying okay I want to make sure to try to make a difference in other people because you know how challenging and difficult it was to be growing in your career without that mentorship Definitely. Like, so if I was to go back to my first career, I, I, st- I started off as an application support engineer. And then I, after that, I moved into front end. And that's where I knew I wanted to be from when I was studying college to being an application support engineer. It was kind of like front end was always something that really, really interested me. And I knew, though, that I didn't know anything. <laughs> I like some people can come out of college and feel like they know it all. I knew straight out. I don't know anything and I need to learn. And I wanted someone to teach me and bring me on on that road and that was kind of my expectation coming out of college is like I've got the the bare bones and the foundations but I need to kind of be really taught how to hone my craft and I was put on a team when I first moved into front-end engineering with another senior two senior engineers and it was just very unfortunate that one of them decided to uh, hand in their notice two weeks after I joined the team and the other one moved back to their home country as well so I wasn't getting I basically landed as a junior front-end engineer with the responsibilities of two senior engineers and um like a lot of people find this in their career where they're just getting a lot of pressure piled on it but I had no one reviewing my code or telling me if what I was doing is right and I was just trying to like see just figure it out throw stuff at the wall and (laughs) see what works and it was very very stressful of coming out of college and there was other teams in the company and I knew the code that I was submitting was not good I knew it but um instead of helping me I knew I could like even in the office could hear people talking and being like this is a lot of crap who let this by who or who wrote this code like this sort of stuff where where I was like maybe like come over and tell me what I'm doing wrong and teach me how to do it rather than 
gossiping and, and giving out and there was one time when I accidentally took down production which I think is a rite of pas- passage that everyone has to do I've done it and I <laughs> not at first but <laughs> I was but I was it was like my first I, I, I don't think I wasn't even when I was in front end I was an application support engineer and I yeah I accidentally left in some uh, PHP commenting thing that basically went once deployed to production it didn't work and I had submitted this code for pull, uh, for peer review. I went home that day. I didn't think it was going to get deployed. I came in the next day. No one had, re- someone had just reviewed or basically approved my code out looking at it. It went in, took down production and it got dubbed an EFA. Don't do an EFA on it. Oh, <laughs> oh basically no. don't take down production. So you're fresh out of college. You actually take down production. Now they're dubbing it as don't do an EFA on it. And what my probably biggest learning at that point and, and something I always take on now is as a leader and as being someone's mentor, even if it's the other person that did something wrong, you as a leader have to take the responsibility and ownership and say, do you know what, that was my fault. Even even if you've no part to play in it, it's like you're there to protect that person and obviously to continuously boost their morale and boost it because they are, want, you want them to stay in this career and you want to see them grow. And, and if I what I would have needed at that point in time, say someone to come to me and say, don't worry, it happens to everyone. Everyone has to take down production at some point. This is your moment. Don't worry about it and move on and forget about it. And that's what should have happened. And it's all these sort of experiences that have happened over my career that I realized the importance of, of mention because I didn't get it. I got it later in my career. And that's when I realized, ah, this is what, if I had this at the very start, where would I be now? Like mm-hmm. I've, I've grown in the seven or eight years at this point that I've been in software engineering. But imagine I had that mentorship from day the one. The beginning. Yeah, yeah. Where would I be now? So... So what kept you going in the beginning? The beginning? Well, I left that company. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Um, uh, look, I, they're great people, but it just wasn't the fit for me. And I ended up going to an even smaller company. Um, and I ended up being the only person on a team, which at the time I kind of looked back and be like, was that really what I wanted or what I needed? But I, I just knew at that point I needed a change. And... The company that I went to was starting a new team. It was focused on front end. I was going to be working in Angular. I knew I'd been working in PHP, was sick of it. I wanted to work in, an, in a modern uh, front end framework. And uh, this was going to be the opportunity. And what it was really great is I got to be really, really creative in that role and worked very, very close to the managing director of the company to kind of shape this new um, web app that they were developing. So for me, it was just like, okay, I knew I needed to change. I knew we needed to move on to, to greener pastures and try something new. And, but at that time even in that company I didn't have a mentor or someone reviewing my code but what I got to be able to do was hire people into the team and what I, one thing I learned is hire people that are smarter than you because then they're going to review your code and it's, so it's all about kind of saying I know what I know but I know that so many other people know more and so it's about building up that team that can can challenge you and make you better so I we I got to be a part of interviewing some amazing people and helping shape them then they taught me so much um and that was really really good so it's just yeah it's it's finding basically figuring out what doesn't suit you pushing yourself into something new trying something new and then surrounding yourself with people who can help you and, and challenge you so even though they're not your mentors they're helping you in in, in some other ways and if there is a form of mentoring because if they were reviewing my code or doing code reviews that's mentoring and they're kind of being what about this or trying this and it's not intentional mentorship but it is it's mentoring in its own right yeah yeah that's great um good people know good people yeah good people know good people and i think you're dead right because um one thing i'm probably gonna butcher who actually said this quote but i think it might be 
Einstein or one of the one of the real smart people who do math. Um, <laughs> um, so it's kind of like um, everyone you meet is an opportunity to learn something new because everyone you meet knows something you don't. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's also recognizing as well in yourself that you know something that's that someone else doesn't know, and that can be a real boost of kind of like okay, you know you know something I don't know, and I know something you don't know. We can help each other here. Uh, yeah. But now that you're you're on the top, you're the cream of the crop, you're an engineering <laughs> manager, like, you know, um, do you have a mentor now? Yes, I do. Um, obviously, JD, who's been a friend of the pod before. Yeah, he's obviously my boss, my manager in Forest. Um, and at this point in time, he's definitely uh, a mentor for me and helping to shape my career and point me in the right direction, make sure that I'm doing the right things and just to keep challenging me um and that's what I need and it's you need that constant reassurance that you're going in the right direction obviously when the higher you go up in terms of engineering as well you need you need to be able to recognize it in yourself but you still need that kind of acknowledgement of like yeah don't you're doing the right thing you're on the right path and throwing new challenges at you and you can't just be doing same same thing and you're gonna you're gonna continue making mistakes and uh, have, to, have to continue learning them so JD at the moment is obviously an, an inspiration his podcast that he did with you was very inspirational as well so learning from him but I'm so lucky as well that we have a great team of engineering managers in, in Forest that I get to learn from too and um, when I was managing in a previous role I was I wasn't the, oh, there was one other manager but they were more tech focused and so I was kind of the main manager leading people initiatives and kind of that sort of process and again I didn't have anyone to learn from I was just doing my own research and kind of bouncing ideas off people and kind of seeing what worked but now I get to learn from incredibly experienced managers and incredibly experienced engineers and learn from them learn what they've tried and what, what they've done and so for me again it's unintentional mentorship but I, everything they do and everything they share with me is is mentoring for me so I feel very very privileged to have that at the moment and it's something it, Forrest is the biggest company I've been in so far in my career and so I get to turn myself even more intelligent and more smart people and I feel very yeah I feel very privileged to have that at the moment yeah I agree. And I, I feel like that must be so gratifying to, you know, be able to support people and watch them grow and like their wins are your wins. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's a very difficult thing as an engineering manager. And a question that comes out a lot is how do you measure success as an, as a manager? Because success as a, a software engineer is so easy to easy to see and to visualize of like, if you think that simple gratification of moving a Jira ticket to the done column, that's amazing like it's such a great feeling or getting that pull request merged it's like yes they're just these boosts of morale um and as engineering as an engineering manager it's, it's different it's, it can be a build-up over time and it your successes are your team moving those tickets to done in the jira or, or your team merging those pull requests that's success to you and it's trying to recognize that and kind of because you've grown up as a as an engineer yourself that's what you've recognized as your success. So it's kind of like you have to change that that mindset. And um, obviously other things that are successes are like the retention of your staff. And as being mentoring your staff is obviously if you're doing a good job mentoring them and seeing them grow, they're going to stick with you and stay with the company as well. So that's a big measure of success is, is your team staying with you uh, for the long run. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to continue going. It's like herding sheep or something. Yeah. But a lot harder. I feel like herding cats, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I always say. It's like engineers are like cats and 
They'll do what you want or not <laughs> and just leave for days at a time. <laughs> yeah, as, as, as an engineering manager, you just have to trust that if you give them the right tools and guide them in the right direction that they're going to do it, it's not always going to work that way. And sometimes it can be very hard that like, okay, maybe this person isn't the right fit for the company that you're in or not the right fit to be mentored or managed by you and that's okay sometimes that happens and it's it's recognized but as long as you try and you feel like you've exhausted every avenue of like different approaches to to mentoring and some people are really hands-off and they just want more like like here's an area i want to explore go do it whereas other people are much more hands-on of, of wanting more details step-by-step guides of why not try this first and want daily check-ins or weekly check-ins and stuff like that so it's very different styles but if as long as you've exhausted all the avenues and then if it then it comes to it and you're like nope look it didn't work it's just kind of saying okay and you just have to kind of move on it's a very difficult thing to say but uh it's something that will crop up in your career and as long as you can move on from it and uh they'll go out they'll either go off to another manager or go off to another team entirely and they'll probably grow with someone else um and it's just they'll find what what fits or what suits them yeah, and, and I mean, that must be tough because I have a, a problem with wanting everybody to like me. And that's just not possible. Mm-hmm. And I used to want to like everybody as well. And then when I didn't like someone, which doesn't happen too often, to be honest. <laughs> but, like, uh, I remember, like, it just, there was, like, this conflict. Because, like, I just wanted there to be liking in all different directions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just things and people don't always gel and that's okay and it's actually a lot easier to recognize when that doesn't happen for for all the different parties but it can be tough it can be <laughs> tough and it's like you'd like to think that like everyone who manages your friend and it's it's not and if that's wrong like that is wrong <laughs> and if you think that way then you're, you're doing it wrong it's like I like to think that I hope that everyone that I, if I have a respect for the person that they'd have a respect back for me and I think that's the best you can ask for as a starting point is just that mutual respect for each other and I think that's that understanding of like as a manager we want the best for the people that we are managing we really want to see them grow and if you as a someone who is being managed don't feel that make sure you're voicing it and kind of saying like okay this current approach isn't it's not suiting me my my style is I'd actually like less one-to-ones and more kind of like written communication versus other people who like I know I want to I want to chat to you every day just but if whatever suits you make sure you voice it and and I think it's just acknowledging that like we're there to help you and if you want to grow like use us like we, we will help you get to where you want to go but if if you put up that barrier and you just don't like me for whatever reason it's fine I don't care but still just tell me what you need from me as a manager and I will I will help you um but I won't, I won't it's like some people obviously you get on with you gel with you have that bond with differently but it doesn't mean you won't try for uh someone else that you manage any any more or any, any less everyone gets an equal, equal share yeah <laughs> yeah agreed agreed across all all peeps mm-hmm. across the board so um i guess one thing we'd like to know is um has there been something that you've struggled with in your career and could you tell us more about like the point when it clicked mm-hmm. and was like mentorship involved at all or yeah I mean to take a step back and just not management related at all is I used to really struggle with public speaking I still do a little bit and I still I think a lot of people do I get uh, very anxious of it and the jitters and the adrenaline rush that all comes with it and um, but before I would have very much just not put myself in the situation where where it had to happen I just was like 
no, I won't do it. And in a previous company I had, and it's someone who uh, really shaped my career, was there was a scrum master in my previous role. And he, uh, his name is Fred. I'll happily say his name. He's, shout, out <laughs> shout out to Fred. He, he knows. He, he had a very, very big impact on on me, and he knew I was really into um, people and process management, and we had great conversations um, just about agile in general, how teams are working, all that sort of stuff. And one day, uh, he just turned to me and he goes, "I've signed you up for a conference." And I was oh, just no. like, I had never spoken at a meetup. I'd never done a tech presentation. Uh, I'd obviously presented at like sprint demos and I'd done some quite light things. Um, but no, he just threw me in head first. And at the time I was really pissed off because I was just like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you're not leading me in gently. Um, but I think what was the turning thing for me is like, he believed in me at a time when I didn't believe in myself. And I think that's mm-hmm. a very important thing as a mentor is that you are always, you need to believe in that person that they can achieve it before they recognize them in themselves. And so the topic I was doing is I, I had been doing an experiment across the company around doing expanding retrospectives outside the engineering and development team. And we'd run some offsites with the rest of the company and kind of like, can we involve marketing and sales and everyone into, into like kind of quarterly retrospectives and what are the actions that come out of it? So for me, it was taking like something that's very much an agile process and, and iterating it across the departments of the company and something I felt very passionate about. And he knew I felt passionate about it and I could speak quite well in it. So rather than ask me, do you want to do it? Which he knew I would have said no. Because he knew I just wasn't a fan of public speaking and it's not something I enjoyed. Um, but he just signed me up and told me, this is the date and this is when you're doing it. <laughs> no ifs. <laughs> no buts. But, oh, no, I, I tried to be like, no. And he was just like, no, it's, it's done. And uh, But it was very, very, very formal because I did it and it went really, really well. And I was very, very proud of myself obviously that I did it and uh, but it made me realize that like you just need to push people out of their comfort zone because they won't push themselves all the time you obviously get some people who are very very driven and, and will do it themselves but as a mentor it's important to kind of keep giving opportunities to the people that you're mentoring and that's like that's how you know you know if if the person that you're mentoring thinks that they did it themselves even though you kind of you had that in your head the whole time, but and you led them there. Mm-hmm. It it almost feels more meaningful to them because they're like, oh wow, I I did that all on my own, exactly. even though they really didn't. But that's okay. <laughs> they don't need to know that. No, and that's another measure of success. If that's what you in your head knew that you wanted them to do, and they did it, you're like, yes, I I, <laughs> I guided them to and I coached them to go. Or it could be they could come out with something completely different. But if they're they're successful and they're winning and they're happy, that's that's all you all you need and if they didn't go down that avenue then you're like well, maybe I'll have them think why didn't they do that and you can ask them questions be like okay you found the solution to that but you can ask them afterwards how come you didn't think about this or what do you think about this and then they could give you an answer of I don't know it just wasn't suited or it wasn't the path I chose to take and sometimes that's good enough and uh, yeah 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 because the mentor always needs to have a mentee yeah and the mentee always needs to have a mentor you should Something be con- like that. yeah. You should be continually mentored, and like even when you get to the co- top of the career ladder, you need to be looking for someone else. Well, who else is going to challenge me? So you need to look for externally and kind of see who else out there could I could be my mentor. And it doesn't have to always be someone who's in the company with you. Um, you can you can look outside of it, and it's a really great way to get an ex- or it's a really good thing to get an external mentor because they're not going to be conscious or aware of the 
office politics or what other mm-hmm. things are going on, like the finer details of the team, they're only looking and focused on your growth and your challenges and they'll just be giving some some ideas uh, focused on that and taking all the finer details away from it. So it's really, really good because it just puts everything into a fresh perspective. So I find if, if you if you can't if you don't have that mentor in your company currently and you don't feel if you've tried and haven't found it, then then look outside and um attend meetups and chat to people who are like minded or lots there's lots of coaches on LinkedIn and stuff like that that you can reach out to or just reach out to your wider network and just kind of say, I'd really like to get mentored and folk this is where I want to go. Does anyone know anyone who'd be interested in, in, in training or coaching me? And uh, generally you'll find someone will come forward because uh not everyone gets to do coaching or mentoring in their role every day so it might be a great opportunity for someone else who wants to be a mentor and they get the opportunity to grow too yeah i think that's good don't put all your eggs in one basket no (laughs) (laughs) that was a joke you can put your eggs wherever you want them yeah spread them out (laughs) well i think that um this is a good segue but uh I, I think I can speak for Stacy and I that you are one of our mentors and we greatly appreciate having you in our lives and our careers and are such a support. Yeah, we always joke that like I'm like the latest iteration of Mo. So like I'm a year behind her, but we think you are like year above Mo so it's like a relay of like you passed on to Mo who passes on to me so in sense like you're my grand mentor <laughs> well now I really feel old <laughs> even though we was, we're all the same age yeah just like you know I have a couple of months on you so. yeah, 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 yeah but still time time doesn't matter where you are it's it's we're all on different paths all different paths exactly but mm. like you know it's i think it goes to show like how for mentorship like your influence on mo also influences me so it's like your reach goes beyond the people who you're directly working with as well it's so nice to hear and i am blushing internally not that anyone can see but it, it is so <laughs> nice to hear and i really really do appreciate it. and i'm like so proud of Mo like uh, and getting to mentor you and, and see you grow over the last 18 months has been absolutely amazing and obviously getting to I don't get to work with you as closely Stacey but if I am going to have an effect I, I don't really believe it but I mm. but thank you, well, for you saying <laughs> um but no and we did we got to do some coding a couple of months ago and maybe we should probably get back to doing a little bit more of that and oh, yeah, yeah I, I totally have a it, but that's the whole thing is like you can mentor anyone doesn't need to be on your direct team so um very 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 blessed yeah, yeah. I really am. <laughs> it is a leading by example is probably one of the biggest things that you need to do as a mentor and and to be a leader in a company if like if they have a certain set of values or a certain set of principles that you are living and breathing them every day because if if you're not doing that then you're not a great example for the rest of the company if, if you know you have influence you should make sure that you're influencing in the right way and influencing to the best impact for the company or what that what the company needs at the time and so like Forrest has a very strong set of values so we have we have to live by them and if you don't agree with them there's kind of always time to challenge but I think another thing as a leader is like I always always say is there's time to disagree and challenge but after a while and if there's a consensus and if there's a majority rule you just have to disagree and commit and move on and kind of say this is the way it is I'm going to accept it but what you can't go away is go back to your team 
and can, holding on to that sort of, no, I don't agree with it. Because if the wider company does and the wider team does agree with it, you have to accept it. And if you want to stay at the company, you have to lead by kind of saying, okay, I don't really agree with it. Maybe I'll take some time to learn and figure out why this is the way we do things. And even if after that longer time, you still don't believe it, maybe it's, it's not the right, the right fit for you. But for the other people on your team, it's important that they see that you believe in the mission of the company and that the direction that it's going. And even if you feel inward differently, if you've had your opportunity to challenge it and it what like everyone else agrees with the mission, but you don't, then you just kind of have to kind of say, okay, move on. They don't agree with me, but this is what they all agree. Therefore, it must be the best thing for the company and for the team. So mm-hmm. I'll accept it and lead in that way. What are the values that you deem most important when mentoring others? Um, okay, that's a good question. Um, so listening, I think, is probably one of the most important things is listen more than you talk. If you're talking more, there is an issue. Uh, I think sometimes at the start, you have to talk more to get them to come out of their bubble or if they're shy or if they don't really know what how mentoring works. Um, but over time, you should be talking less and less and listening more and be asking more open-ended questions um and then another one which i kind of went on before is like believing in a person like if you want to mentor them it's like you have to have that confidence early on to believe that what you're setting out to achieve that they can do um if you were kind of looking at them early on and kind of saying oh i'm not so sure if they can do that they're going to feel it and they're going to feel that you're not committed to getting them to where they want they want to be so it's yeah listening to them having the confidence in them early on um and then also kind of understand that as a mentor you don't know it all and um, you mm-hmm. need to be actively learning if they're coming to you with a goal that you've never mentored on or never um had to how ha- you don't have life experiences to lean on um you need to go and do some research and you need to do some reading up and you need to, need to make sure you get yourself those experiences and then it's being honest with with the person as well like if you if they're asking for something from you as a mentor that you can't do it's okay to kind of say, do you know what? I actually don't know. And I might not be best placed to mentor you. And so you might be able to recommend someone else to them. So I think honesty is, is very, very big in, in many other areas. And then I suppose lastly is probably feedback, which is really hard. Giving mm. feedback, receiving feedback as well is, 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 a, is a hugely important skill that every engineer needs to have. Um, and it comes in many forms, whether it be on a pull request or if it's some feedback that's given during a 360 review or just just some off the cuff feedback that you get from your manager in, in a one-to-one receiving that well is so important so it's a skill giving feedback and you need to put some time into it before you give it and like there's that whole shit sandwich thing like that we learned very early on is don't do that don't tell them a good thing and then a bad thing and then a, a good piece of feedback because it's not going to be well received so it's like that skill of giving feedback is is a very hard one to learn but one that just needs to take more more and more practice and um, but it's definitely the most important thing because if you don't give someone feedback and kind of give them negative feedback they're not going to improve so if you keep telling them they're doing great but they're not doing great then they're not going to grow so mm-hmm. it's it's feedback is hard and they're going to be the hardest days when you need to deliver hard feedback and it can be very very draining it can be like it's kind of be quite emotional because you could be feel like obviously very close to this person you really really like them and sometimes you can be very fearful of if I give them this negative feedback what are they going to do are they going to stay are they going to run are they going to jump ship and but you just have to do it and rip the band-aid off and kind of say 
you need this to grow and whether you accept it and receive it in the way I intend you to do is totally up to you. But as long as you put in the effort to make sure that you deliver that feedback uh, in as best as way as possible to the best of your skill set, then that's all, all you can do. But so, yeah, so I think I said listening, giving feedback, believing in the person and now I can't remember the last one. Honesty. But honesty. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was, I was like, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, very strong values to have. Um, so then I guess like if you had to give yourself um, a piece of advice, like, you know, when you're first starting out in your career, what would you say to yourself? Get a, get a mentor. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I realized in my career, I wasn't getting it internally I need I should have been looking externally um that's one thing I'd look I'd look to get straight away and just kind of it's great to have someone who's on your team and looking out for you and wanting your success um is really really important and then also just kind of look and be like it's just kind of being like saying you'll be okay and because there was points in my career where I did feel like giving up I was just like maybe software engineering isn't for me I told you I went to that career break that was a point in my career where I was just like I was so stressed all the time, like really stressed. And I was taking work home with me seven days a week and it wasn't, it wasn't a good place. And so I'd kind of look and be like telling yourself to not take life so seriously and things are always going to work out. And really that while the work that you're doing is important, your life is so much more important than like Mm -hmm. the people who are in your life and making sure you're giving them the time versus work because work will always be there. You should, what's the whole saying? Like you should be, working to live not living to work and there was definitely points in my career where I was living to work and it was I look back and I really regret it so it's uh yeah just believe yeah just kind of saying to yourself that it'll all be okay and yeah because I feel like for a while you really had to be your own mentor like we all kind of have to do that to an extent but you know that you kind of had to find that for yourself where you know, if you find a mentor early, then someone else can, can support you in saying, as you said, no, go, go do your thing. Don't spend so much time thinking about work or, mm-hmm. you know, this is how, this is the hard feedback you need to grow. And yeah. And, you and, know. and, and sometimes recognize when someone wants to be your mentor, they might, they might not have recognized themselves, but if someone is rooting for you and wants to help you, but you don't have that established mentor mentee relationship, be like, Oh, these, this person's really, really nice and seems to have a keen interest in me. Maybe I'll reach out and kind of see if they want to be my mentor or just making sure you're giving yourself more opportunities to be close to them. Because that same guy, Fred, who was my previous mentor, was a big push for me for why I actually got into people management is in my previous career, this opportunity opened for a tech lead and I was only in the company six months. <clears throat> and so I didn't believe myself at all. I was like, I'm not going. I didn't even think of apply. It didn't even cross my mind to apply. And basically the applications were coming to a close to, for that internal application. And he came up to me and was like, why haven't you applied for this? And I was just like, I don't, can't do it. It's, I'm not here for months. And he was like, oh, tenure doesn't matter. It's about like who you, who you are and your values and kind of what you can bring to the role. And I just, I hadn't even thought about it and again in myself like that I would be eligible for it. And at that point, we didn't have an established mentor-mentee relationship. That was actually probably the starting point of it. But then I was like, you kind of just kind of like, I'll look at your, I'll just throw my hat in and see how it goes. And I got it. And I, like at that time, I still couldn't believe that I got it. But uh, it was really great. And that's when it started of like our, our, our mentor-mentee relationship. And uh, But yeah, it was kind of recognizing at that point in time, like he's not saying this for the good of his health. He obviously believes me. So if you get those people in your life, 
is like latch onto them because they want the best for you and they want to see you grow and they're recognizing something in you that you're not recognizing in yourself yet well thank you so much again for spending time with us today Aoife we really appreciate it it was wonderful hearing all your stories and advice really appreciate it wife and yeah. <laughs> oh no I've, ma- I've made a big mistake again yeah and thank you to our dearest listeners for tuning in to hear what we had to say today um and if you want more fizz buzz you can follow mm. us on all of our socials so fizz podcast at instagram.com instagram. we've got it at twitter twitter and gmail.com Gmail. if you want to send us a cheeky email and you know ask us questions and then we also now are accepting coffees what does that mean mo coffees are like money (laughs) basically we are saving up like uh little penny pinchers Mm -hmm. or penny savers or what's the what's the phrase penny pinchers oh penny pinchers oh god see i should trust i should trust myself (laughs) like little penny pinchers and we want to buy stickers for all of you listeners Mm -hmm. that we love very dearly um so the more coffees we get the more stickers we get uh so, so yeah. yeah i think we'll have a link to our coffee on instagram or we might post it on twitter or something like that so that if you feel like giving us buying us a coffee well you'll know that that money's going straight to stickers and then um yeah we'll have some cool fizz buzz merch to hand merch. out swag. swag so exciting yeah so yeah i think that's it for us so as we sign off Don't Don't be a dick and make money. money. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, you. Bye.